0: Trio, trio, trio and I- Look at him By the time he's finished that board He'll be ravenous and exhausted We're supposed to be going shopping this afternoon Here, give him some of this Do you know there's almost as much protein in there as-, as a quarter pound of beef steak You know what he's approaching, don't you? No The energy gap You've heard of the energy gap? Course Well, this fills it Hit a pint or into him at lunchtime He'll be like a new man I could do with that? Oh, yeah but can you handle him when he's roused? Cheeky <laughs> Trio. And it was very charming. Oh, it was very charming. In fact, for one moment I thought it was gonna ask me in. Cheeky! <laughs> mm don't you go there Hello there, my horns of plenty, it's Chappie, your British Butler. Keep calm and cauliflower cheese, episode 214. Another Sunday sermon edition where we'll we settle back. And hear the word of the Lord. No, we don't. It's just me rambling on once again between the various orchard trees where I'm picking fruit. It's that time of year where I like to pick fruit. I like to pick a rather plump plum, a rather audacious apricot. Is it apricot or apricot? I get very confused from the uh, Carly Simon, you're so vain. She said the apricot scarf, Named by Nick. She doesn't know anybody called Nick. But no, I think it's is it apricot. I said apricot though, didn't I? Oh, the times for making that final pot of jam before the winter. And I did tell my mother it's going to be a very hard winter. She should have made three or four more pots of raspberry, strawberry, and my favorite of all, the pecan sea of the blackcurrant jam. It is lovely to be here. On a Sunday, it's August. is an interesting month, isn't it? Because the, the poor kids over here go back to school either last week or this week, um, so it's a little bit different. But um, I used to love the uh, that you had July and August off in the UK uh, school system, the summertime. Yeah, it was lovely, and go back in September, and it really did feel like the autumn. It nearly felt like Christmas. I think it's only 120 odd days to Christmas, is it? Have you started your shopping? Have you got the tree down from the loft? Come on, you need to get organised, don't you? But today I was walking along early morning, busy day ahead. Jam making, fruit picking, of course. The trouble is, if you get plum stains on your white gloves as a butler, you can never get it out. can never get it out, I tell you. Um, anyway, so I was walking along, and I was thinking, lovely August day, and the sun was gently cascading through an avenue of trees. This plentiful, fruitful August day, and it was—it was just lovely, wonderful to be alive. sort of that slightly, slightly cooler sun as August heat relents, well, we hope it relents, but it felt so good today. So today, what are we talking about here on the podcast? Uh, I have Itchy and Scratchy, the Uber driver, tales from another Uber driver, the old Uber driver, tales from the old Uber driver, and how my legs, they're like feasting feasting pylons for all sorts of bugs and flies at the moment. I really look, like, it looks like uh, Count Dracula's been across my legs these last few weeks. There's bites, itchiness everywhere. Almost like bitchy and Scratchy the Uber driver we'll be talking about later. Can a man of my age and my sort of disposition, should I really be wearing a sweatband anymore? Because I'm, I'm contemplating the sweatband again. Yeah, contemplating the sweatband. That's some of the topics we will be talking about today. But if you missed the show, we talked about Joe the Flandering Uber driver who's 70 years old and he's rediscovered the blue pill. Is it Virga? Virga? Or is it a little bit of Roman? Um, Beware of the Romans that give you the little orange pills. Because I think that's, are they orange, I don't know. I mean, I have no clue about these things, I have to say. But he said, yeah, you have to get one of those down your neck. Get- yeah, blue pill, orange pill, it doesn't matter. I'm 70 years old and i got the stamina of a bull, I tell you. That's basically what he told me. If you want to listen to the tales of the old Uber driver, Joe, the Flandering Uber driver, with his many girlfriends north and south of the city, then listen to yesterday's program. Nobody's wearing shorts in the heat wave. In fact, men were wearing suits without shirts. This is what we discovered the other day. Oh, weak tea. The energy of having to stir again after the years of luxury of the pyramid tea bags and the tea sort of cascading, oscillating through the tea leaves, that gentle sort of evolving of a, from a weak to a strong tea with the pyramids. Now, I have a bit more work now with the Yorkshire. We need a bit, a bit of work. I mean, the Yorkshire tea is, uh, is the sort of emblem, the, the mantra for the Yorkshireman. You had to put a bit of, little bit more work in for the Yorkshire tea. It's not like those Southern softies who don't have to do any work. To get the best brew out the Yorkshire bag, you need to press it, you need to massage it, you need to gently, you need to gently persuade all those lovely strong little tips of the tea leaves to come through the bag and make a lovely strong orange, reddish orange cup of tea, as you want. It's perfect for an August day, isn't it? That sort of reddish orange hue is what you're looking for. Um, also, we—I um, I never talked about the, uh, the, the the toasted cheese sandwich. I heard a song the other day that had toasted cheese sandwich uh, mentioned in the song, and I thought this could, be, could become one of my favourite tracks. One of my favourite tracks. We did uh, mourn the loss of the classified football results, where people read out Tramore Rovers nil, Tottenham Hotspur five, and you could tell from the intonation of the guy's voice. Uh, you know what the scoreline was going to be and they're doing away with that as well do you have an asbestos tongue do you have an Italian uncle we'll be exploring this over the course of the show as well I mean who who has an Italian I I think I might want myself I I mean I love all of my uncles especially my rather dastardly uncle Michael who's doing well recovering uh, from a nasty stroke I'm hoping he's having a few sips of vino that would be lovely I mean it's very good for you the vino isn't it um but yeah if you have an Italian uncle and um Italian uncles uh, sort of stick their noses their snacks into everything and apparently they're rather concerned about their nieces going on dates with men who can't pay the bill now take a breath because there's more on the show there's more there's more on the occi here there's more on the running order um so I never s- seen a woman cut herself shaving Do they use better like shaving soap, shaving foam? Never seen a woman cut herself shaving where it's basically the situation of Sweeney Todd, the demon barber when it comes to me cutting. I've got so many cuts and I use reputable razors. I'm not using like the cheap $1.50 razors and a little bit of uh, baby soap on my face to shave. Now I'm using the, I'm, I'm doing my best here and using the best products for the job in hand, but never seen a woman cut herself. I'm so old, I, I don't understand what the Gen Zs are talking about in some of their phrases, some of their shortened acronyms. Uh, I, I have no clue what they're talking about. I need a translation book. I need one of those old fashioned translation books you took on holiday and you said, uh, uh, Excuse me, mate, uh, uh, Parlez vous le, le, le guerre, um, uh, Je vous uh, un Croc uh, Monsieur, but the one with the oof, the uh, uh, Croc Madame. I mean, it's like you take one of those books. I need a translation book. I mean, they don't understand me, I don't understand them. I don't understand the shorting phrases. Uh, You know, what does FR mean? I thought it was shortened for French or France. Le Francais. No, no, no. It means for real. I I just didn't know this. And they question why I wear a sweater in 102 degree heat. but I want to look sartorial elegant. Elegance. um, You know, and also I have to hide the fact that I'm uh, sweating like a... Uh, you know, a baboon underneath the sweater. Sweaty armpits. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's like a vicious cycle of sweat. Whereas if you don't have the sweater on, you're sweating and you're showing off. If you do have the sweater on, you're hiding the sweat, but you're sweating more. So what does one do in that situation? So allegedly, bows are introducing a noise-cancelling toilet. So... These are the people who made those wonderful headphones. You're on the you're beyond an aeroplane. You put these on. You can't hear the noise of the jet line. You can't hear the incessant chit chattering of the person next to you telling about them travels or children whose uh, you know iPads have run out of power and they're screaming. You cannot hear any of that. But they've introduced a noise-canceling toilet, and you've got the beautiful, rather uh, protruding foam of the earpiece uh, so you you know imagine a very thick earpiece of foam covered in uh covered in sort of faux leather uh, you've got that round the rim of the toilet instead of the toilet seat you're sitting on a rather large foam piece that you normally put on your on your lug holes but you're sitting on it okay so you've got that sort of protection you've got a foamy protection for your posterior ear. Um, and then, uh, and then it, 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 there's, a, there's a fair amount of bulk on the piece and it goes down into the uh, into the guardrobe. And uh, I, I think what it is, it, it sort of noise cancels a rather uh, spirited attempt. You know, if, uh, maybe if you've had a Ruby Murray the night before and uh, the noise cancelling toilet uh, makes everything less embarrassing for you. You can't hear the rumbles of thunder the thunder and lightning that could be very, very frightening uh, for your partner in the next door room, because that's, that's a fear. I mean, luckily my partner does wear earplugs, so that's rather good. But I mean, the, the um, noise cancelling toilet is a, is a wonderful invention. So you've got a, a very enlarged Bose headphone piece, and you sit on it, and you can strain to your heart's content, and nobody can hear the screams. I mean, isn't that in space nobody hears the screams? When you're in the loose space, nobody wants to hear you grunting and straining and indeed screaming. So you've got that. So you've got a noise-canceling toilet by Bose. Uh, My my worry is what happens if Apple invents uh, a noise-canceling type of effort as well? They go against Bose, but they use the design of the AirPod. Um, So you've got uh, an earpiece, an earplug. Uh, and you're going to have to screw it and insert it anywhere to get the same sort of noise cancelling results. <laughs> From noise cancelling toilets to Italian beaches where there's something in the water. For a hundred years, a massive chemical plant has pumped waste into the sea at Rosano Solvay. But tourists had come here as a study. They could answer whether the beach is safe. It goes unfunded. Uh, so in, in Rosario, Sauve, Italy, a boy who can only be about four or five years old splashes in the turquoise shallows of Le Spissage Bianche, the famously white beaches off the coast of Tuscany that look more like the Maldives than they do the Mediterranean. From the shoreline, Mauricio Marchi watches expressionless. The boy might be wearing inflatable armbands, but for Marchi, he is far from safe. Marchi works as a local cooperative that fights for health rights. Macedonia democratica has spent many decades campaigning against a massive chemical plant that looms nearby the factory run by the belgian multinational Solvay makes soda ash before discharging its waste directly into the sea Solvay has discharged waste into the sea since 1917 it's estimated that there are about 500 tons of mercury in the seabed so is the water safe is the error as a whole safe? There's been a long back and forth between local environmental agencies saying the effluent contains harmful metals like mercury, lead and arsenic. Preventing coastal erosion, uh, Solvay does not only use or add heavy metals to its soda, ash, industrial processes, limestone like many other rock or stone, actually comes and contains traces of heavy metals. But those remain imprisoned in a solid state of limestone are not harmful for living organisms. So you've got the situation on this Italian beach here. What's more dangerous? What Solvay's putting into the water? Uh, a school of jellyfish, or the floater that just uh, just pops its head up and goes past you as you're on your lilo. If you're off the beaches near Mar-a-Lago though, and, uh, and the waste being flushed directly into the ocean, you could find some classified secret documents could float their way past you. So grab hold of them, and return them to the FBI. I know it's still steaming hot, but you need to clear your mind for the ring introduction of the baked potato. And the absolute best type of potato for the fluffiest baking, I'm sure you're aware, and I'm sure you want to know this information. I don't think your life can continue with this, without this consideration. When you think of a baked potato, images of steak houses or rib joints probably come to mind. Maybe you see them sitting there fluffy and steaming with a dollop of sour cream and some chopped chives on top. Or maybe it's smothered and grated cheese and topped with crispy bacon. <sighs> baked potatoes, well jacket potatoes they're sometimes called, are a classic American diner staple. But did you know that the humble potato originated In South America, the history of the potato is an epic tale, but to condense it down, here are the facts. The Inca people are said to have cultivated the potato in the Andes around 8,000 years ago, per the BBC. Uh, Potatoes are not brought to Europe until the mid-1500s after Spanish explorers come to South America. The potato blossoms are so beautiful, and Mary Antoinette is said to have worn them in her hair. The potato is present in nearly every food culture in the world, and numerous societies claim their own notes. Today, potatoes are the fourth most important crop in the world behind rice, wheat, and corn, according to Potatoes USA. Of course, of course yeah, yeah, just let me tell you, it's uh, it's uh, Spud UK here, and we, we, we're we one of the five most uh, important crops in, in in the world. Just make sure you crisp up that skin. So, while purple potatoes are exotic and fingerling potatoes are gosh darn adorable. When it comes to making a baked potato, none can rival the classics. The best kind of potatoes for baking are the ones high in starch, low in moisture. Uh, so that comes from the pioneer woman. So, so if you want to use the uh, tried and tested berries like russet or Idaho potatoes... Then, according to fine cooking, the cells inside a high starch, low moisture, potatoes separate during the baking process and absorb moisture, fluffing up. Russet potatoes also have thick skins, which crisp up rather nicely while baking. Uh, but Pioneer Woman also points out that you never want to bake a potato in foil as it result in a limp and soggy, soggy skin. Yes, nobody wants, I tell you, nobody wants a limp and soggy skin, do they? Yeah, to get the best result, simply poke the potato with a knife uh, and a fork. A few times, lay them directly on the oven rack, spaced out evenly, and bake to 400 degrees Fahrenheit for 50 minutes to an hour. Yeah, yeah No, forget that. Microwave them. Yeah, wait for it. Before you're screaming at your, uh, at your little speaker that you listen to me on or if you've got your little plugs in your ears, don't scream yet. Microwave them for about 10 minutes. Depends how many you have, maybe five minutes. And then just crisp it up in the microwave. And it only takes about 20 minutes, maybe 25. But you're cutting yourself down by half an hour and you've got beautifully fluffy potato inside and a very, very crispy skin. None of that sogginess, my darlings. So apparently the real reason Meghan Markle reportedly wants Prince Harry to avoid visiting the UK is this. Well, there, there are several reasons. I think he, she thinks he's going to get rather nostalgic and doesn't want to want to go back to Los Angeles, all that heat and pollution and everything else. Where he could be in Balmoral this time of year, being uh, being chastised by a bunch of Scots who don't wear anything under their kilts. No, the real reason is this: he doesn't want any more pancakes for breakfast. He'll go back and understand that the full English breakfast is the only breakfast in the world. And you just can't get the ingredients. You can't source the ingredients. Like organic baked beans are not like Heinz. I'm sorry, they may have been excavated or farmed in an organic fashion. And, uh, and it's, you know, they're not all, not all the, be- not there's not too many beans crammed into one can. I mean, maybe that there's more, the beans have more space to evolve and they have their little safe spaces in an organic can of beans but no the Heinz you need that tamatery taste you need the black pudding the white pudding Uh, you need some delicious bacon sausages all of that he's missing this and if he goes back and samples the full English and he's dipping his fried bread into his baked beans he's never going to want to go back is he tales from the old auto driver change for 20 mate no i mean it's not like the london cabbies here but i had an uber driver this morning that um early morning not quite not quite awake and i was like straining my eyes and thinking is he doing this so he had one hand on the steering wheel and the beauty of an automatic car and uh, but he has his other hand down his pants uh trying to adjust his stick shift so to speak he was itchy and scratchy and uh, moving that. I mean, hands free, hats off to him. Great driving effort with one hand. But the other hand, he was having a, he was having a wee tug or in a wee itch. I don't know. I mean, I didn't really, I'm just had kind a of hazarding a guess here. But he was adjusting. I mean, he was going to first gear to second, third, down to fourth, and then to fifth gear. All in the space of a 15 minute ride. I mean I, 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 I sort of wish there was a partition between us here because uh, he was um, he was manhandling he wasn't, get, he, wasn't on automatic. he was on an automatic he is on full manual stick shift and uh, that for the entire entire ride he, you know itching, scratching, adjusting um, it was uh, it was quite the, the sight to behold here. And um, I mean, I don't need, know if I had to rate him five out of five for effort or uh, or uh, one, out, one out of five for making me feel incredibly uncomfortable. Uh, I mean, he asked if I wanted the windows wound down. Well, yeah, uh, obviously, because, you know, he, he, he's been I don't know if he's had a chance to have a shower this morning. So he's got the whole situation. He's adjusting himself with a whole sort of Betty Swallocks going on. People are feeling nostalgic for the 90s and noughties as they've seen fashion trends coming back and entering Gen Z wardrobes while people are obsessed with Friends reruns and Bennifer a couple again. But sadly, some retro delights haven't made a comeback including some tasty treats enjoyed by people in the UK and Europe. From the elusive clear Crystal Pepsi, uh, there's you know many others there as well. You've got uh, Astros. It's not known why these beloved Cadbury sweets which included a chocolate and biscuit filling were discontinued but fans were delighted when they reappeared on the shelves in July this year get Cadbury's dream although this popular creamy chocolate snack had a huge fan base it was taken off UK shelves in the 2000s although it's still available in Australia New Zealand and South Africa how about a bubble jug missus this brightly colored jug featured powdery nuggets which turned into trademark fruity gems and then you had the uh, cartoons it's not clear why these beloved biscuits with gooey chocolatey centres gradually disappeared from the biscuit shelves. oatmeal swirls clad with a fun tv ad and tagline give it a swirl this packet of oatmeal just came with a nifty little flavored sachet introduced in the 80s discontinued in the 90s jello one two three why is one texture when you can have three this was a kitsch idea behind Kraft's tri product in the u.s which reportedly gradually phased out during the 80s due to falling sales. And then you have orbits. The flashy, sold in Canada, was almost as quickly as being discontinued. This was a fizzy drink. You had Skippy Squeeze It, Skippy Squeeze It peanut butter. Hard to tackle, clumsy, of a fishing peanut butter out of the jar with a butter knife. You have portable butternut snack that you could squeeze out of a tube. All of these items one wishes could make a uh, comeback me though i wish i could have a comeback for those huge chunky chocolate biscuits or cookies if you're in america that had hazelnuts in and i could get i could polish off a packet of these boasters oh the boaster biscuits hazelnut and chocolate in a huge cookie big slice of chunky chocolate and chunky hazelnuts oh yes missus Bad flirting and soft boys. Dating and the Gen Z women. Beware of boys who wear beanies or like the curse, says the unofficial dating expert Iona David. You've got pity today, 20-somethings women, in this sort of chat-up line. The only thing I want to strip off is your mind, so I caress every thought and make love to your notions and perceptions. Or how about this, by the way of an introduction, once I went to the Van Gogh Museum alone on mushrooms and cried in front of the still lives of flowers because the decaying fallen flowers made me think of all the fallen women in my life yes this is what passes for flirtation if you are a gen z refers to as a soft boy the type of young man who thinks his arty interests and unique philosophies make him so very different from the other boys in the dating pool when she was a student at the University of Manchester Tinder, uh, Iona uh, David found it hard to avoid guys who styled themselves not like other men, showboating their alleged feminism, emotional intelligence, and alternative options while being as toxic as the typical type of bad boys. Archie fell for somebody whose professed talents were making music and rolling weed. <laughs> David created an Instagram account to caption chronicle the worst, most toe-curling, awful and unintentionally hilarious messages from so-called nice guys. curated with a savage sarcasm, it's both fantastically funny and horror scroll of in-ill disguised misogyny. It's like a car crash, David said. You can't look away. David, now 24, is blessed with endless material. Young women send her screenshots of exchanges they've endured with men who think they're the bomb. One lists his simple pleasures as cashmere, fresh pasta, girls with daddy issues, backgammon, margaritas, byredo, Gwen of Paltrow as magan Tennebaum, Nordic interior design. There's bad grace and grammar on being rejected. You're fat, one writes. I know I blocked you. On everything, but COVID has made me realize you cannot do better than me. And I'm sick of comparing every girl to you, especially during sex. Think about it. No wonder the account has racked up 670,000 followers. It's a brilliant support system for Gen Z women wondering if it's just me. When struggling to meet the decent bloke online, the whole point is to laugh at it. We've never had this opportunity before to catch these first dating interactions as they happen. I guess if you're starting out or not quite sure what you're doing, you can see it. doesn't just happen to you and figure out what to avoid. Now David has chased the success of At Be Me Up Softboy with a wince-making, snicker-aloud book, Is This Love or Dopamine? A deeply unofficial study of dating in the digital age. For those unsure of how to recognise the type, she explains if he wears or ever have worn Doc Martens, if he likes the cure, if he has read any part of uh, Nietzsche's Wikipedia page, if he quotes Daphne de Maurier before telling you that he'll sleep with you, you will actually be empowering yourself. He's the most defiantly and definitely a soft boy. Also beware of beanie hats and the use of tongue-based emojis. And oh, I do use the tongue-based emojis. Yeah, I need to stop using those tongue-based emojis. As David says, the trope of guys have always existed. I'm so nice, why don't women love me? There's a bit of Ross from friends going on. Meanwhile, a generally nice guy who treats women with kindness and respect risks being mocked by other men as a simp. It means, David says, he's obsessed with her. He'll do anything for her, which I think is really cute, and he'll treat her like a queen. As for the F-boy, another online dating hazard like Barney from How I Met Your Mother, they just sleep with women and never call them back. The soft boys move from the times. In 2022, most young people are quite emotionally illiterate. The dickhead minority have understood that they must ape emotional literacy to get girls. The worst soft boy is an emotional manipulator. There's a spectrum through stress. David, not only all soft boys are bad people, some just try too hard. David's favourite, the guy who responded to, Where do you live with? My parents live in Hoxton. I live in the moment. She's still dating, but for the record, I can spot soft boys from a mile away. It's very much part of what we do, and I've made my peace with that. I'm a little bit concerned because I I do use the tang emojis. I would never wear a beanie in my life, even if I had the worst bed hair day in the entire world. And I do like the cure. Trio, 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 and I... My legs are feasting pylons for all sorts of flies, mozzies, horse flies, fruit flies. I don't know what it was. This morning, as I was taking the dogs, as I was walking through that beautiful cascade of sunlight uh, as a, in, in, along the trees here, I was being attacked rigorously and constantly by flies just attacking my legs. And they were sticking their little receptacles into my legs and sucking all sorts of uh, Chappie's bad blood out. I mean, that, that's what was going on. I don't know why. I know this is meant to be the month of fruit and mellow missfulness and fruitfulness in August. Uh, but uh, I, I think they're using my legs as a harvest. They're harvesting the blood off my sweetened legs. And they're enjoying it. They're tasty. And I'm being, I'm being pummeled being pricked and pronged by all these different flies. And I don't know what to do. I mean, I may have to wrap myself in a mosquito net or uh, or hang a couple of those special mosquito lights off my belt loops. I need to do something though, because my, my legs look, uh, they're beautifully tanned, uh, but bitten to buggery or beggary. I don't want to be bitten to buggery. I may be bitten to beggary. Um, Anyway, let's move on here rather swiftly. Uh, But they're enjoying it. I don't know what it is. And and this time of year, I love this time of year because you have all these different stores where you can buy all these jams and pickles and chilies here. Uh, Everything sort of is harvesty. But I think my, uh, my legs are sort of a buffet for every type of fly and insect out there. And they're making a meal of me. So I saw a chap uh, on my walk uh, today and he was wearing an old-fashioned sweatband around his head. And I've been thinking for many years, I think I mentioned this on the podcast before, so forgive me for repeating myself, that I think a sweatband would be rather helpful for myself under a Panama because I have an incredibly sweaty head. I know sweat is a big, uh, a big topic on this show. But I'm, already, I'm always trying to figure out why do I sweat so much, especially on the head. But a sweatband a sweat along the uh, hairline could solve all sorts of embarrassment. I mean, dro- droplets of sweat dripping down the uh, Mount Everest neck that I have. Uh, that, that's one thing that could, uh, could, could solve the problem. But I'm wondering if, it, if wearing a sweatband is derogare for a man of I'm at my age and my sort of activity lines. Like dog walking. Gentle, meandering dog walking. Do I need a sweatband? Well, I'm still sweating, so I probably do need that one. But I'm not uh, doing a marathon. I'm not doing a triathlon. I'm not dripping wet hair from a two-mile swim before I go running on a triathlon. No, I'm not doing that. I also sweat on the golf course as well. And like I'm bending down to putt. Oh, steady, missus. Bending down to putt. And, uh, and then sweats dripping down across the uh, line of the, uh, the punter head to the hull. It's, it's very distracting. So I think uh, maybe a John McEnroe sweat sweatband or Beyond Borg would uh, solve all sorts of problems. But I'm just wondering and putting it out there, you know, my, uh, my activities are quite pedestrian. Some would say lackadaisical. Would a sweatband be derogatory to wear for a man of my limited athletic ability? Footage of an Italian reacting with astonishment after learning his niece paid for the bill while out on a date has been met with amusement and agreement online. The rules of dating have changed significantly since the arrival of the internet and the smartphone technology includes who pays. In a 2015 study conducted by psychologists from Chapman University, Uh, Men and women were quizzed on their dating spending habits. Researchers found that 74% of men and 83% of women reported that both members of the couple paid towards dating expenses after six months of seeing each other. Despite this, some appeared to hold on to this cultural assumption that it is a man's place to pay where the same study finding 84% of men and 58% of women noted men still paid the majority of the cost. In fact, 44% of women said they were bothered when a man expected them to pay, while 44% of men said they would stop dating a woman who never pays. The viewpoint was further reinforced by the response to the video of Jackie Castori, showing her Italian uncle Tommy incensed reaction to learning she recently went on a date where she picked up the cheque. So, sitting at a table outside what appears to be a cafe, Kastori tells her uncle, so last night I went on a date with this guy and the bill came and he made me pay for the whole thing. In the clip, Tommy sits motionless for a few seconds as he digests what his niece is saying. What are you talking about? He then asks, seemingly confused. I don't know what to do. He made me pay for it. I didn't know what to do, she tells him. He made you pay for the bill, says her astonished uncle. Yeah. I don't know what to do. I'm embarrassed. Tommy responds, did he ask you out? Yes, she replied. He asked me to come for a date with him. Leaning forward, he asks her, who the hell asks you out and makes you pay for the bill? What am I supposed to do? You should have got up and walked out. It soon transpires that any annoyance Tommy may have felt towards her unnamed date is equal to the anger reserved to his niece. Bad enough he did something stupid like that, but I better be honest with you, you're just as stupid. Uncle Tommy replies, who does that? Does the guy live in his mother's basement so he can't afford to pay? The reaction to Uncle Tommy's response varied amusement to in agreement on social media. One of, the, uh, one of the viewers loved that Castori somehow ended up in trouble with, uh, with his uncle. I think I would like an Italian uncle. Brittany White joked, Uncle Tommy needs a cigar after that conversation. I need an Italian uncle in my life. Elsewhere, Miss Victoria loved how he came with advice and ended up getting a lecture. I feel Uncle Tommy wants to pay him a little visit while not Sandy applauded the relative of the old school values. They don't make him like that anymore. He made you pay for the bill. Yeah, I, I just didn't know what to say. I was embarrassed. Did he ask you out? Yeah, he asked me to go and speak with him. hell okay. oh, asks you out and makes you pay for the bill. I don't know. I didn't know what to do. What was I supposed to do? What were you supposed to do? You should have got up and walked out. I mean, really. I mean, it's bad enough he did something stupid like that, but i got to be honest with you. You're just as stupid. I. What are you talking about? You can't. How... Who does that? What, does I... the guy live in his mother's basement that he couldn't afford to pay? I don't know. Lost on shortened, texted abbreviations, uh, that uh, the Gen Z's are using. My daughter, uh, said the other day, um, she was texting me, and uh, she responded with FR. Now, I thought it was, like, shortened for French, French francs, Francos, who knows? I had no clue what it is. So I started having to Google uh, what the FR means, and it means for real. Now, I, I may be one of these old-fashioned uh, people. I actually sent a text um the other day to uh, um my love was driving and i had to send a text to one of her children we're picking up some food and i spelt chick-fil-a completely wrong i mean i think i spelt chick c-h-i-c-k f-i-l-l-e-t instead it, i got it completely wrong I, i'm lost i'm lost in a time warp here of cardigans and beige please siri Will you translate the Gen Z acronyms? I need need these translated as quickly as possible. But one thing, I'm never going to say aluminum. I'm always going to say aluminum. And I'm never going to say oregano. It's always, always oregano. So I'm asking you to sort of classify yourself here. You need to classify yourself into... Just hold on a second. I just need to make a note of something. Just hold on a second. Just need to make it. just need to make a quick note of something. With my quill, I dipped it in the ink. The feather dipped into the ink. Beautiful calligraphy right there. But yes, are you one of those persons? I think there's a couple of different people out there. I think there's the people that say okay, and it's a positive intonation. And I think there's the people who say okay, and it's meant with a more negative connotation. I think there's the positive okayers and the negative okayers. Which one are you? And can you even tell? Because this is the thing. Is is the intonation of the voice? Is it sort of slightly questioning if you're a negative okayer? Have a think today, which one are you? When you say okay to something, is the other person completely and utterly sure of your positive commitment? Or are they thinking, well, he said okay, but that's a—that's just a no. So I'm probably moving away to a new Ciampi Tower very, very soon. And when you're picking a new place, house, apartment, I recommend that you go to the skip, you go to the rubbish, you go to the trash, and look at the quality of the rubbish and the trash people are leaving outside. You know, now if it's stinking bags of poo-poo, Yeah, that's a definite no. Ripped sofas, stained mattresses. You don't want to be moving there. But if you look and it's a beautiful new couch that if you had a pickup truck you would take away with you, that is the place you're moving to. I mean, the other day, I would have taken this couch and given it to George. George. George the Border Collie would have loved to lay up there. That's the quality. That's when you're judging a new place to live. Look at the quality of trash outside of the skip thank you so much for joining me on the final edition of the podcast this weekend maybe do you think it's like the final 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 edition no my duckies i'm uh, i'm gonna be around for a while yet and you can join me again next week but anyway if you like and subscribe to the podcast please do across all of your favorite podcast listening platforms whether it's apple podcasts whether it's spotify the audio version uh, whether it's Slacker, Breaker, iHeart Radio, Pandora, Audible, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, as I went to look at the couch the other day outside of the new possible new Chappie Towers, and I, it was like a corduroy couch as well. It looked like it was from the swinging seventies, and I ran my hands across that corduroy. That sort of you, you know, it's almost Constantined. Is almost like a, like a percussion instrument. You run your finger across the corduroy, beautifully clean, that, that, that wonderful percussion sound. I could hear Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese emanating from this pristine corduroy couch. Ah, you can listen anywhere. But if you like music, if music is your thing, and you're thinking, well, what sort of tunes does this buffoon? like to listen to well you can listen to the butler Point musical playlist keep calm and cauliflower cheese on spotify where you can have such wonders as shaka khan lunchbox lewis steve lacy you've got some prince you've got some 1975 you've got some cure yes i do listen to cure and i do use chunk tongue emojis The super furry animals some joe pesci some lindisfarne and some wondrous yacht rock to sail away into the beautiful sunset here in mid to late August. Coming up next, we have a poem. I come, I come, and the waving field, its wealth of golden grain shall yield. In the hush and heat of glowing noon, the insects hum is the only tune. The merriest birds forget to sing and sit in the shade with drooping wing. And I see how the purpling grapes hang high and ripen beneath my sunny sky. And see how the fruits of the bending tree turn blushing and rosy cheeks to me. And soon shall your garners be overfull with the gifts from the August bountiful. I do miss in this time of year in the UK where you hear the combine harvesters from morning, early morn, to sunset. The dust, the smell of the barley and the corn. And and that sort of width of autumn and harvest is something I miss. And then scattered across the landscape is beautiful, round, circular harebells that look almost like shredded wheat scattered across the landscape. Until next time, join me on the podcast next week on Friday. Cheerio. Cheeky. (laughs) Cheerio. do don't you go there.